Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an airways girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a dangly straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else that we just don't understand. On today's episode, Queer Spaces. Sounds, Sounds fake, fake, but, but okay. okay. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I feel like there's no way I haven't done that one before, but here we are. I don't know. Were Were you in the group chat where where there's that where's that test about being a genius and every single test was just mitochondria question? I don't know. It doesn't sound very familiar, but I also have no memory. Mir- so. Miranda sent it to a group chat I was in, and I can't remember if it was the one with you or not. There's many a group chat. With the same people, except, like, minus one, so. Yeah, like, there's just, like, one person swapped out, so. (laughs) Amazing. Anyway, some housekeeping, kids. Let's keep this house. Okay, what are yours? Uh, Um, next week, we're going to not have a podcast. Um, for reasons of Kayla's going to be on vacation, my sister's going to be visiting me, and we still have a three-hour time difference. <laughs> this is our first inaugural. We're recording this at 8 p.m. Sarah time and 11 p.m. me time. And when I tell you I'm so tired. <laughs> on a weeknight. <laughs> on a weeknight. It's a, my, to be honest, this is how all my podcasts are. My uh, D&D podcast, Into the Gridge, take a listen. We start recording at 10 and go till midnight. So oh, I guess this is the life of a content creator. It sure is. Anyway, we deserve a vacation. We sure do. I mean, I'm not getting one, but you are. <laughs> I am, and I deserve it, is what I'm saying to you. I'm going to Disney World. I if anyone's going to be in Disney job, World so. next week... It's going to be Mickey. Hit me up. Uh, Mickey should hit you up. Yeah, he but yeah, should. So no, no pod next week. We will see you, or I guess you will hear us... <laughs> On, oh my god, it's the Ides of March. March 15th oh, is when we'll shit. be back. Wow. Dramatic. Uh, what other updates do we have? Uh, my updates were just to say hello to all of our new listeners because... Hi. This, the last time we recorded it was before our article came out, but mm-hmm. the episode came out after. It was very confusing and dramatic, but now oh, it's wow. actually out. And we saw everything mm-hmm. in some really cool places have been, mm-hmm. like sharing it and it's just been very cool our discord has been popping popping uh so it's exciting so hello and welcome hello just for you new listeners we're taking a week off just (laughs) in time for listen it gives them time to binge the backlog yeah work work on the we're doing it on purpose out of respect for them so that they don't get overwhelmed by our over 100 episodes and not because kayla's going to see mickey no (laughs) Honestly, I might not even see him. We're not going to Magic Kingdom. We're going <laughs> to everything everywhere. but Magic Kingdom, to be Mickey honest. Mickey is everywhere. You're going to see him. Continue. That's so true. Um, hello, welcome. While we're gone, just um, listen to some old ones and tell us your favorite. What was my other one? Oh, my other one was, unexpectedly, the part of last week's episode that just everyone really latched onto was us or anyone getting a piece of Ireland. And... Listen, we've gotten the christening 
the approval from the asexuality groups of Ireland. So, Mm -hmm. uh, our next Patreon goal, when we uh, hit getting 300 a month from Patreon, we're going to buy a square foot of Ireland. And it's going to be the asexual, aromantic, demisexual capital of the world. Yes. Um, so if you're not a patron already, patreon.com. Help us buy Ireland. That's my homeland. And they said it was okay. I thought they were going to be angry and they weren't. So (laughs) listen. I also like how Avon straight up tagged them. I was, I almost tweeted, yeah, Avon tagged them and was like, it's time to get the Irish asexuality groups involved and I almost tweeted back and was like mom stop embarrassing in front of us in front of all of Ireland (laughs) uh yes so listen even if you just want to donate a dollar to us on a real note it just helps us like actually pay for things we need to make the podcast but on an unreal note it also helps us buy a square foot of Ireland and that's what the people want and it's not my fault it's what the people want it's truly Twitter got really excited about it so Listen, we do this in our free time, and that means buying Ireland in our free time. Yeah. If Listen, if I have to do this podcast at 11 p.m. on a school night. <laughs> at a school night? A school night? Fucking, you're a fucking adult. This doesn't make it not a school night. That's true. Actually, it is a school night. Uh, my mom doesn't have, uh, or it's not a school night. My mom has a snow day tomorrow. I know. A bunch of people in Michigan have snow days. It rained here today. <laughs> it's just been raining. Anyway, this it's is nothing. It's been sunny here. I live in California. This is anyway. nothing. <laughs> Kayla, what are we talking about this week? Uh, you know, the funny thing is I can't even answer that one because you tried to explain to me what you wanted to talk about this week several times. I received a video from Sarah while she was on her commute. I... A For the record, an essay, and I, still I was ne- I w- I was never going more than five miles an hour when I was recording this video, well, and I was looking LA at the traffic. road the whole time. It's fine. Um, I get a lot of Snapchats from Sarah while commuting. It's a great, a great um only TV at show. safe times. Only at safe times. Everyone, calm down. Um, yeah. So Sarah tried to explain it to me. I don't even know how many times, and I still can't wrap my head around it today. So I don't know, Sarah. What are we talking about this week? Okay, are you ready? Okay, so. I texted Kayla and I was like, hey, I have this idea, um, once again inspired by a fucking fan fiction. Because Sarah, Um, she does have a life, in case you were wondering. I do, I do have a life. I go hiking every weekend. She really does a lot of hiking. If you would follow her on Instagram, God. (laughs) If you would just follow her, you would know. Listen, I was supposed to get dinner with my friend last weekend, but he has scarlet fever. What the fuck? (laughs) Who has scarlet fever? Who has that these days? Derek? Oh, Derek. He just <laughs> followed. California friend Derek did just follow us on Twitter. Oh, did he? Yeah, and I was like, thanks, why do Derek. I recognize this person? I don't think person? he listens, but thanks, Derek. <laughs> well, he follows our Twitter. And I was like, why do I know that face? And I was like, oh, it's California friend Derek. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, I texted Kayla and I was like, I have this idea. I'm going to write a bunch of stuff about it. Just FYI, it's about queer spaces if you want to think of any things about that. And she was like, what the fuck does that mean? Well, because we've done an episode loosely about that before. So I was like, make sure it's not the same. And Sarah was like, don't worry, it's not. But then I was like, but then what is it? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lot more like a romantic base. I'm just going to have to explain it. Okay, so 
I wrote a basically an essay. We're gonna go through it. Everything is as it should be. Um, I did a lot of tweeting this week. Okay, get off my back. I wasn't on your back. I'm on my back. I'm telling. Listen, there are no piggyback rides on this fucking podcast. God damn it. Banned. Okay, that's a little extreme. Anyway, I was reading a fucking Shit's Creek fan fiction. Shocking. Um, this one, BT Dubs, was genuinely novel length. Would you like to guess how many words it was? A hundred thousand. Two hundred and thirty K. How fast did you read that? It took me several days. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, for first for a reference point for those of you who don't often gauge book length by word count, that's longer than every Harry Potter book except for Order of the Phoenix. Sarah, truly, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I was unproductive over the weekend. Um, really. But essentially, the this fucking fan fiction explored the character of Patrick, who is a gay man, but he realized, like, late-ish in life that he was gay because canonically he's, like, a solid 30 before he really accepts his gayness or comes out at all. Um, and part of the plot of this fucking fan fiction, I say fucking fan fiction not to speak down to fan fiction, but because I think it's funny that I keep getting inspiration uh, for pot topics from fucking fan fiction. I agree. Um, uh, <laughs> but listen, they have to come uh, from somewhere, you know? They gotta come from somewhere. Um, And part of the plot involves this LGBTQ2AIP plus group. What's the two? I think uh, queer and then questioning. Sure. Like it's Q2. Oh, I see. Um, The absurdness of the length of the name is a bit of a a gag. Uh, The joke is that it started as just the L and expanded from there. Mm. Um, But, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um... That the character of Ronnie, who per season six is canonically queer, um, she like started this group and is and is going on for like twenty five years. So this going to this like group, they like meet up once a month, um, becomes such an important part of Patrick's growth in the fic in a way that like it does track with canon. Like it's not like it's this whole other thing. Like it makes sense, um, and. One of the the things that's mentioned over the course of the fic is that several people ask, like, okay, this, you know, the show takes place in a small, like, rural town, and, like, how did this small town end up being such a bastion for queer folks? Um, Because, as I've mentioned on this pod before, on Schitt's Creek, there is, like, they don't show homophobia, or, like... It, it's all just, like, accepted, and people can still struggle with their, you know, their identities or their relationships or whatever, but there's just no, like, open homophobia um, mm. in this town. And so, like, a lot of people may ask, like, how did you end up getting here? And the reasoning given in this fic was because of Ronnie, because Ronnie, the person who founded this group, was constantly doing everything she could to give any queer people she met a leg up. And it was specifically mentioned that she did that regardless of whether she liked them personally. Um, And because there's also a joke in the show where she doesn't like Patrick and says he looks like a thumb. Oh, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that really stood out to me, the idea that, like, you have to help each other 
you know, of course you do. You do it for the community. You do it for everyone. Um, it's, you know, it's about building this space for anyone and everyone. And and throughout the fic, David, uh, who is Patrick's boyfriend, partner, Emily, my sister, stop listening for the next 15 seconds. Uh, also, now his fiance. <gasps> okay, Emily, Spoilers. you can listen now. <laughs> She's She just started the show. Well, I'm telling. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, at first, David, like, doesn't, and David identifies as pansexual. And, like, throughout the fic, David refuses to go with Patrick to these monthly meetings. Not like, fuck you, I'm not going to, but, like, he, that's not really his scene. He doesn't really want to. Um, and it has nothing to do with his comfort in his pansexuality. He's very comfortable in his sexuality. It's just... If if you watch the show, you probably understand this, but that's just the kind of thing where, as a character, like, somewhere like that where you, like, talk about being queer and, like, feelings and shit and, like, tell stories about your life with a bunch of other people is just not his scene. But at the end uh, of this fic, sorry, I'm trying to, like, make sure the line is clear between canon and fic. Um, at the end of the fic, Patrick hosts, he hosts the event, like, for that month. Um, and David actually stays for it and he has a good time and he's like, okay, I'm not going to come every time necessarily, but like that space was still good for him and it was open for him when he decided he wanted to attend. And it was just very powerful to me that like David felt that way. Like after two years of Patrick offering to bring him and David always saying no, like he finally chooses to stick around of his own volition. And like, it's, it's good for him. He has a good experience. And by the end of this fan fiction, I personally felt so connected to this queer group in like a fictional fan fiction about a fictional show. (laughs) And like, Oh my god, my mic just fell over. Wow, that was intense. <laughs> okay, we're back. Sorry, I uh, I dropped, my microphone fell over, uh, and then it wouldn't reconnect. And Kayla, as Kayla said, I dropped the mic. <laughs> she did, she got so excited she dropped the mic. I also dropped the ball because um, our, our mics are snowball brand. That was bad. Okay, anyway... Okay, by the end of this fic, I felt very connected to this queer group. Like, I felt like it made my life better somehow. Like, just reading about it in this, you know, again, this fictional thing that's based on another fictional thing. Um, And all of this is to say, the reason I give all of this background about the plot of this fucking fanfiction is that it got me thinking about queer spaces. Because... I have never been drawn to them. I'm not repelled by them, necessarily. They're just, like, I'm kind of like David in the fact that they're just, like, not really my scene. And, which is, I know, ironic to some people who might be listening to this because I have a fucking podcast about it. Especially those of you who are new listeners and are like, you literally just, whatever, go with it, kids. Um, We've talked about it before. If you don't really listen to the backlog, you would know. (laughs) Um... And, and part of the reason for that, I think, is because I'm arrow ace, because queer spaces are often alienating for us um, because they can be very sexualized. And this is something we've talked about before. Um, and I think one of the reasons that this fictional group really spoke to me was that it was not 
sexualized at all in any way. It was just a bunch of queer people being openly queer, hanging out, and, like, telling stories about their lives. And it was a place where A-spec people, there were no, like, canon A-spec characters, but um, it was still very obviously there. Like, there's an A in the acronym. Like, there's, like, it's a, it's a place where... Like, A-spec people were were openly accepted, and there was a place for them that wasn't, like, just tacked on. Like, it was a place where they could exist without any fear of being rejected because of their identity. And I I think for a lot of ace people, because asexuality is not accepted in all queer spaces as a queer identity, that means that even queer spaces aren't necessarily safe for them. Like, even in queer spaces, there's a valid fear of being rejected because of their identity. And I think me seeing how open this group was and like how um like this this fucking fan fiction based on a fucking tv show like has allowed me to see like how good it could be um and that's like one of the things that dan levy the showrunner um who also plays david um is like he he wants to show the world as it should be like that's why there's no homophobia and stuff yeah. um and i was like i i had always thought that was like cool but because like none of the characters on the show are ace or arrow i was just like oh cool but then i was like reading this fucking fan fiction <laughs> and then i was like wow i feel things i un- i do understand the topic now do you good i have things to say about it Okay, good. This is a good stopping point or good pausing point for me, so say your things. Okay. I was just going to say, it makes me think of when I first moved to Connecticut into New Haven. I was, like, looking up, like, if there was a local, like, LGBT center or anything like that. And I remember thinking, before I moved, I was like, yeah, I'm, like, totally going to go if they have, like like they had like game nights and stuff I was like yeah I'm like definitely gonna go and like that's gonna be a way I can like meet people and then once I got here the actual thought of going and the fear of like oh but they aren't gonna accept like ace people or they won't like be okay with me being there like Mm -hmm. kept me from ever going yeah and yeah I mean I just think that like yeah, and I in an ideal world it would be very obvious where like that a place accepted people of all sexualities, but I think it's not there like, yet. Like this is like a, a safe space for all queer people. It's not like there's like a little ace corner where things are less sexualized. Like like not all queer spaces have to be very sexualized. Um, right. But I even think like like I know our alma mater um Mm. university of michigan like they have like a lot of clubs for different sexualities and i think they do have like an ace meetup and to me like it just shows you that like oh this organization as a whole accepts ace people because they have this smaller group so it's okay for me to go to larger group things too you know just like making And, like, obviously not every center or program is going to have the resources or the people to have a group for every sexuality, like, obviously. But just, like, going through the effort to, like, share resources for a bunch of different sexualities or, like, just make it very clear that, like, everyone 
is okay here. Like, I think if I had seen something like that, I would have been much more comfortable going. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, you don't have to have, as you said, like, not everyone has the resources to have, like, specific groups for everything. But as long as you're you're clear about, like, be be specific about, like, when people are like, we welcome everyone. Be specific. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, it's always going to be hard to name every single thing. Um, but it might help you to try. Because when people are like, oh, I accept everyone, I'm like... But do you even know who I am? Like, do you even know what this means? Like, Yeah, that's the thing is, like, I don't even know. When you walk into these places, especially, like, a lot of these people, like, especially, like, off of college campuses, it's people outside of our generation that are, Mm -hmm. like, running things. I think, like, the older you look into a generation, just the less they know about asexuality, just because it is such like a a recent movement to like put it into the like public eye and it is mm-hmm. so much on the internet that like yeah and i'd like of course there's not gonna be enough resources to do everything but like how hard is it to like make a resource page for a couple different sexualities you know we did it we did it and i'm we made a resource page and we this isn't even our job yep <laughs> Anyway, yeah, like, I totally, I get what you mean, because I think it can be just very daunting from the outside, especially because there is such a bad history of the queer community in general not accepting ace people or arrow people, mm-hmm. that it's just, like, terrifying. Well, yeah, and there is kind of this sense, for me at least, that, like, if I'm in an unfamiliar space, if it's, like, an unfamiliar straight space versus an unfamiliar queer space um and if i'm just like by myself to be honest i might feel more comfortable in the straight one just because i can be straight passing Mm -hmm. whereas if you're in a queer space people are you know they're gonna assume you're queer and they might ask you about it and then if you tell them you're arrow ace and they're like oh i don't believe that that's really queer holy shit sorry sirens i was trying to talk through it they're coming to arrest the AFO. <laughs> That's so true. And so I might feel less comfortable in that queer space than I would in a straight space. And that sucks. Like, as a queer person, that sucks. Yeah, I don't think I ever... I don't know. I don't know that I've ever... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's hard going into a space that's explicitly queer and knowing if it's going to be okay. Like... Mm-hmm. Places that aren't explicitly queer, like our theater group. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not like being queer is a recommendation. It's just is it a requirement. percent Oh, what did I say? Recommendation? Recommendation. I mean, listen, I always recommend being queer. It's recommended for person. all people to be queer. <laughs> I mean, I think so. I mean, listen, uh, it's not a requirement, but it's just like happens. But mm-hmm. places where it's like to be in this club you're gonna be queer mm-hmm. like that that's just very scary and i can imagine it being you scary have to for, come out like you're being yeah, forced to come out yeah and i can imagine that's scary even for people who are questioning of any identity mm-hmm. of just like i don't know if i'm gay like i'm still questioning can i go to this place you know right like what if it turns out i'm not i would have to leave like you know yeah 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 can I go into the next part of my essay? 
You may. Okay. So I've also been thinking about aromanticism a lot more recently because of Aero Awareness Week and the interview we did with, we did with them. And um, I, I think another part of the reason why I don't feel drawn to queer spaces is because even within the ace umbrella, even under that umbrella, as an Aero ace, I am in the minority. Um, and the way I experience life is so far removed from every single other allo romantic person on the planet, which is by far most people, um, that, that even in ace spaces, I often don't feel as though I'm understood. And I think one of the cons of the umbrella, including so many different identities with it in embracing, like, the split model of attraction and that sort of thing, um is that it fragments us some. And ASPEC people are already all so far removed from allosexuals generally, just because, you know, the alienation that comes with, like, society being like, sex, ah, wonderful relationships. Um, and that means that to be further removed from other people, even within the community, as a person who's aromantic, can be isolating and hard. I have some thoughts on this. You might be seeing them somewhere in the nearest future. Um, <gasps> tea. <laughs> um, but, but I think that, that because the Arrow Ace community, if, if you could even call it that, I probably wouldn't call it a community, um, just because well, it's- drama. So, no, I don't mean that in like well, a- she It's not a real community. You. I, I just mean like- you Heard it here. There, there doesn't feel like one distinct Arrow Ace community, you know? Sure. Um. Well, it's, yeah, it's very hard because so many- like, like you said, the ace community in some ways is so fragmented that, like, to me, because you are the closest person to me that's ace, I mm -hmm. find myself assuming that m most ace people are arrow, even though that's, by the statistics, not true. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it's hard to remember that that isn't the case and that, like, that community if it, you know, whatever exists, blah, 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 whatever, like, that it's very, very small. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think because it is so small, I, I'm, by that I mean, like, the Arrow Ace quote-unquote community, I felt reticent to want to get into it. And part of it, and this is, like, so dumb, but it was, like, what if I, like, didn't really like the people I met? Like, what if being Arrow Ace was the only thing we actually have in common and we don't vibe <laughs> like that's fair it's a really it's a really dumb fear but like it's no i don't it's think that's genuine. dumb at all um it seems really surface level i think is what bothers me about it but i still feel I mean, it so i don't think it is surface level though because obviously your romantic or sexual orientation is a huge part of you but it's also like at the same time not like it doesn't yeah. dictate your personality or what you're interested in like I think that completely makes sense. And it's easier for people in sexuality, like communities that are bigger, like the gay community is huge. Like you're mm -hmm. going to find You're going to find some in, gays who fucking you, hate each other. <laughs> you're, well, yeah, but you're also, you're going to find people that you like. But yeah. if you scale down the community that much, it's going to become harder and harder to find people that you like not just as members of your sexuality cohort, but of people that you like actually enjoy. Right. And and I guess the what the reason that this fit kind of got me thinking about that was because the way Ronnie, the person who ran the group, the way she looked at it was like 
it doesn't matter what I think of this person personally. I'm still going to help them and include them in this group. And that kind of changed my perspective on this whole thing. Like, it wasn't just that it was open to everyone. It was like she was actively inviting everyone, even if she didn't fucking like them. Um, And that kind of just made me think, like, okay, it doesn't fucking matter if I become best friends forever with every last Arrowace person I ever meet. What matters is that we have a space. And... Mm -hmm. We don't have to talk about being Arrowace all the time. In fact, I would rather we not. But having that space matters. Um, and be- because of my recent epiphanies regarding representation, hit up our Little Women episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to hear me talk about more Shit's Creek fanfiction. Um, but <laughs> but um, I realized that like it matters not just to be seen, but also to be understood. And it matters to make yourself understood. And communities like this give us safety nets where people do kind of inherently understand a certain aspect of us. You know, queer people are constantly coming out. Every fucking day we have to navigate coming out, whether we should do it, whether it's safe to do it, whether we feel comfortable doing it, how we should go about it, how people might react. But in that LGBTQ2AIP plus group, um, <laughs> like for once in your life in that queer group, you don't have to worry about it. Like it doesn't matter how you identify or if you're even sure where you fall in a pl- in a group like the group in this fan fiction. All that matters is that you land somewhere under this queer umbrella, and for that reason, you're welcome here, and this place is safe for you. Um, and I was like, wow, that seems nice. Wonder where I can find that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. And and in in thinking about this, uh, and and in doing the the article with them and with Arrow Awareness Week, it made me realize that like, you know, people really responded to that article we did, and it was very cool. And it made me realize that like I do have that reach, and I can help to make that space for Arrow folks. And yes, like I know we have our Discord, but I don't spend a ton of time in it. Um, for a lot of reasons. I'm fucking busy, for one. Um, oh. But also because... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I remember one time we were both in the Discord at the same time, and someone was like, we caught both of them. <laughs> it rarely happens. It rarely happens. Um, but also, just because, like, even though it's my fucking podcast, like, I've never really felt fully comfortable in those types of spaces, like, queer spaces. And it's not anyone's fault, really. Like, it's just it's just how it is. And in college, I was always like, oh, I should go to the meetings that the Spectrum Center puts on for A-Spec folks, as, as Caleb mentioned earlier on. But I never did, because, like, something about it just seemed, like, too scary and overwhelming for me to make it worth what I would have to put myself through in terms of my own, like, mental health and my own mental blocks to go. Um, because... Yes, it was a, a a group where I knew it was safe for me to go, but I was also just like, I don't necessarily just want to talk about my sexuality. Like, I don't, like, I want just to be able to go to a safe space and do what the fuck ever. Um, and doing this podcast has been amazing. Um, and, but what we do for visibility still feels so sequestered. Like, we're in our little corner, and the only people who find us are the people who come looking for us. And 
visibility is important to me, but it's not just about people knowing who we are and what that means, but it's about us being welcomed in queer spaces. Like, not just accepted, but welcomed, and that there is a space that is made for us. Um, you know, a space where we can stand alongside all sorts of other queer folks and we can all feel comfortable and safe um, and as though we belong. So then I was like, how do we do that? Here's my answer. I don't know. Um, oh man, all that for nothing. I know, right? I'm not I'm not sure how to do that. I would like to do it, but I don't know how. But what I what I can tell you is that the the one thing that is important is that in creating those spaces, platonic relationships are so important in all of that. Um not just for aerospec, aspec people. I'm just talking about like in creating these open queer spaces. So much of queerness is often about romance and sex, and rightly so, because that's kind of the basis of, of, of queerness, right? Like, you're, you're different because of the way you experience romantic and sexual attraction. But aromanticism aside, the platonic bonds that queer folks make with each other are so important. They're what built this community. They're what built everything we have. Um, they're the reason it's called a community to begin with. So... It really shouldn't be all that hard to make room for Arrow folks because because as much as so many of the existing queer spaces don't speak to me, a space where all queer people can just hang out and yes, it's about being queer, but it's really just about being a human person and caring about other people and, and sharing stories, whether they're queer or not, like that does interest me. Like the reason I don't feel drawn to queer spaces is right now is because I feel like they don't, they don't feel like that to me. But the concept of this group in this fucking fan fiction, like, it does appeal to me and that's what I want. And I'm not sure of if this episode of the pod is like a roadmap or a handbook or a rant or a manifesto, vote now on your phones. But I think queer spaces do matter. And spaces where the David Roses and the Me's of the world feel, com- feel comfortable just existing out loud, where it's not about how queer you are or how much you struggled or, you know, how comfortable you are talking about gay sex or how comfortable you are with wearing glitter or flannel or shaving a slice out of your eyebrow like the cool queer kids do these days. It's just about being accepting and kind humans together. And I'd like to build that. I don't really know how, but I'd like to end of essay. I do. That was a very good essay. Thank you. I liked your essay. Um, But I think, like, there's a lot of points in that that I really resonate with. I think, like, what's so daunting for a lot of people, because I think there, I don't want to say there's, like, two types of queer people, because that's obviously not true. But I feel like Mm -hmm. there's a large amount of queer people who are, like, they really want to talk about it. Like, so many of the people who follow us on Twitter, like, their Twitter bio says, like, ace in it, and they're like their profile pictures is like the ace flag and like that's a big and maybe those are you know their second twitter account or whatever but they, like yeah. that's what they're talking about they're they're here because it matters to them like they're they're so involved in this podcast because it's important to them right and i think like there's on the one end of the spectrum there's that and on the other end there's people like you who are like yes i am queer but like I don't necessarily want to talk about it all the time, not because it's not important to me, but just, like, that's not me. That's not who I am. Like, Says it makes me, sense a person me. who has a podcast about asexuality. In my defense, well, I stumbled into it. <laughs> yes. To be fair, we did this on an accident. And 
Also, like, that's just kind of a facet of your personality. You don't talk about personal things all that often. Yeah. So, like, I think it can be hard because, like, these queer spaces, usually they're built upon the idea that you're going to come here and talk about your queerness because you can't talk about it anywhere else, which is great, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, there needs to be those spaces where people can just go and talk about it because a lot of times there aren't other safe spaces to talk about it. But that does make it hard for people who are like, hey, I just want to, like, be here and chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exhausted after reading that essay that I wrote three days ago. Let's start a club that's just about chilling. Okay. Okay. Like like a villain or just chilling? Just chilling. Okay. Cool. I do think, yeah, like what you said about like, it's so, I think it's especially hard for aromantic people because, like, the basis of someone being queer is the way that they have sex or the way that they experience romance. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, obviously that's what people are going to be talking about because that's, like, one of the main ways that they're different. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also hard because, like, something I notice with, like, the queer friends I have at work, like, they'll go... And they'll, like, get, like, they'll go get beers together after work or whatever and have their, like, queer lady time. And they'll, like, have inside jokes and be, like, and I usually understand them all because I am, at this point, so imbued in queer culture, even though mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm in the outskirts. It's, I've talked about it before. It's a very weird thing. But that's the thing. And we've talked about this before of, like, is there an ace culture and I think a lot of other sexualities there are, and a lot of times, you know, there's stereotypes and they're jokes of, like, cuffed jeans and flannel and mm-hmm. piercings and whatever. And, like, obviously a lot of them are stereotypes, but a lot of other sexualities have these idea of, like, a culture. They have these inside jokes or, like, mm-hmm. these kind of things that, like, all people of this identity will kind of, like, have this inside understanding of. And I feel like because asexuality and aromanticism as, like, a community is so young that, like, it's not there yet. We haven't established that. And which is kind of frustrating because you see other people, you're having that. And you're like, I want that. Mm -hmm. But it's just not quite there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Fucking rip. It's just so odd, like... And I think I talked a lot about this in, like, the demisexual episode, but, like, someone at work yesterday was asking one of the queer girls at work, like, what does it mean that, like, gays can't sit correctly? <laughs> you, yeah, I'm just you, thinking about how I'm sitting right now. <laughs> but you know, I, yeah, but you know the meme, right? And I, I was, do. like, I was, I, these were, like, some straight people asking and also, like, a bit older, so not super on the internet, as not much as us, at least. And I was like, I know the answer to this. I know the entire culture, but, like, I'm not quite there. Like, I don't feel like I'm included in all of these, like, inside jokes and these whatever because it's like, are we in these spaces or aren't we? Like, if we make these jokes, it's like, meh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't – I've never been to a gay bar partially because I don't drink and I don't care about bars. Partially because I wouldn't feel comfortable in one. Well, they're very stereotypically very sexual spaces. Yeah. That's why I would not feel comfortable in them. That is, that is, I think, a big unfortunate thing is obviously people can express their sexuality however they want. And I think, like, it is great 
that people are able to be very openly sexual as gay people because then it's just kind of like, yeah. I don't want to say shoving it in people's faces, but it is good to be like, no, you have to look at me doing this. Yeah, you, you get to, to be as to as out and open as all the fucking straight couples of the world. I've yeah, been saying which fuck I think a lot in this episode. I have feelings. Continue. Fuck. Um, which like I think is a really cool act of rebellion to be like, mm-hmm. no, you have to look at me being sexual and like doing these kind of like outlandish and outrageous things, mm-hmm. which I think for the queer community is a really big just kind of like way of putting a point across but for like asexual people or people that just like aren't as in it into that it's it is a little alienating i'm gonna be aggressively asexual like how do you even do that (laughs) you like can't because like it reminds me of the episode we did with yasmin where she was like it's a Mm -hmm. lack of something like how do you express something that isn't quite there yeah it's it's hard to define yourself by a a lack of something. And even if you're not trying to define your entire person, it's hard to define any part of you by a lack of something. Yeah. When, when the, the standard apparently in society is to have something there. Yeah. It just kind of like removes an entire conversation point of like, okay, you go into this queer space. Everyone is talking about their queer relationship or like when did whatever happen in this you know whatever and like you have the exact opposite of that Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean it's also like it's it's hard to come out in a, a natural way um when when you're arrow a spec because you can't just be like i have a girlfriend and also i'm a girl and everyone's like oh she's gay Exactly. Like, I I was thinking about this recently because, you know, I've recently started a new job. I've been talking to my coworkers and stuff. Mm. And I don't think I've said anything. Like, I haven't tried to hide my sexuality, but it, there's been no reason for it to come up. Um, yeah. And today we were talking and I I mentioned, I was like, oh, my sister's girlfriend. And I was like, okay, so I just came out for my sister. Mm-hmm. But I haven't come out as myself well, that's because that's why you use the podcast sarah i know <laughs> uh look, but hey, like look, i have this thing <laughs> i have this thing i have a podcast well i don't like to i don't like to just child? walk up to people and be like hey i have a podcast because people <laughs> fucking hate people who are like that yeah <laughs> well, also i did tell everyone at work about our article because i was very excited about it so i didn't tell I mean, anyone you put it on facebook I don't have any. Well, I I I I didn't tell anyone at work. Well, you just started. Yeah. Whatever. My one work friend put it on her Instagram before I even saw it. Yeah. And well, it, and then I I put it on my Instagram story, and then I I ended up following all the other assistants at work, but it was gone from my Instagram story before mm, they followed me back. Sad. I had several. Now we're just bragging. About our article again. But I'm really excited about it. Um, I had several people reach out to me that I haven't talked to in a long time that were like, whoa. And someone reached out to me who was like, oh, my God, I just listened to your podcast like a couple weeks ago and didn't know that it was you. And then I saw you post this article. Oh, my God. Because apparently some other podcast mentioned us. Mm-hmm. And I, she was like, it's one of these three podcasts. Because she was like, I had listened to one of these three podcasts. And it's one of these three. 
And I know it's not one of them because the episode came out way before we existed. And I still have to go back and scrub through them and find it. But I guess they like did, they're like episodes about sex and sex, or they're podcasts about sex and sexuality. And I guess Mm -hmm. they had done an episode on asexuality and mentioned us as a resource. And she was like, yeah, like Mm -hmm. I listened to it a few weeks ago and I didn't know it was you. And then now I know. And I was like, whoa, it's me. Oh my God. Crazy. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to have queer spaces that are super queer and awesome for everyone, but you know, don't know how to get there. If anyone has any ideas. I think it's good though. Like, and I think like the aromantic week and ace week, bring this out a lot is like we had the article with them which is a queer publication they publish mm-hmm. things about all sexualities so for us to be included in that and then i know like yasmin did stuff well i think they're called pink news i think they're mm-hmm. a, a queer media company in the uk and they did a bunch of stuff for arrow week which i mm-hmm. think like that's i it's that feels very promising to me that like big like them is big they're run by Condé Nast which is a yeah. huge well, if y'all and- anyone else here gourmet makes bon appetit fans Claire <laughs> what's her name that's that's them also uh Yasmin was involved with uh, a cover for out magazine wasn't she yeah and UK pride just announced their theme and she's mm-hmm. like in their UK pride's like commercial and was like at their event Amazing. and doing all this stuff with them and so was Oh, I forgot her name, but it's a UK asexual um, YouTuber, Embly. Mm. Ah, shit, I don't remember. But she was also there, and I think that's, like, super promising. And, like, the stuff mm-hmm. Yasmin did with um, Pride last year with uh, Budweiser and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, that is very promising to me that, like, even though there's a lot of annoying people who are still making a fuss about it and, you know, say all you want about corporate pride. I'm not a huge fan, but the fact that like big companies are like, it shows me that there's hope for it trickling from the top down the mm-hmm. acceptance. Cause eventually if all of these big companies and publications and articles are like accepting it and maybe they're just doing it because of strategy. Cause they know that like, we'll make a fuss if they don't, but no matter why they're doing it, like they are. And that shows other people that like, no, these mm-hmm. this is these people have a space here. We're gonna do content about it. We're gonna promote it, and eventually, people like aren't gonna be able to fight it anymore. Yeah, when you first said that, I was like, ah, trickle down economics like doesn't really work. And then I was like, that's economics. <laughs> that's I had that different. thought also, and I kept saying it anyway. Um, yeah, I think my one last thing that I think kind of freaks me out about saying this is that I feel like because I'm saying um that like I want this kind of space I feel like it, it it's putting the impetus on me to do it or on us to do it and I don't know that I personally have the 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 bandwidth or the skills or the time to do something like this. Like, the reality is that the impetus is on all of us. Mm-hmm. And it it's hard when the, the quote-unquote community is so small. But, like, we have to make ourselves heard somehow. Um, and I... That's it. <laughs> no, I, 
I mean, I agree. And I think a lot of people were, like, already starting that. Like, I like I think yeah, like in the past couple months, you know, some stuff has happened that has made asexual people unhappy. And, like, people have made a big ruckus and have, like, changed things and gotten people's attention. I think even, you know, that's kind of their job and they do a really good job of that, of Mm-hmm. When, like calling stuff out in the media and everything and I think just continuing to do that and then doing it even when there isn't a problem like even if there isn't some article that's out that's you know misquoting someone or defining something wrong like getting angry even when there's not necessarily a single thing to be angry about mm-hmm. or like if like if it's like unintentional like there's no reason to like go fucking off at people when they made just a genuine mistake. like And, and yeah. you well, going off at them is not going to help. Yeah. When I say angry, I don't mean being nasty. I guess yeah. I just mean like having the motivation and like a drive to, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Fair. Anything else to add? Uh, I guess I also just want to like, I don't know. Just shout out our Discord again, because I don't want this to seem like we're saying, like, that's not a good enough place. Oh, yeah, um, no. For sure. I think, I think it just, just works better for some people than others. I think we're just kind of thinking big scale of, like, mm-hmm. hopes and mm-hmm. dreams for things in the future. And so I, I just want to shout that out, because especially with how many new people have been joining, I've seen, like, really awesome conversations in there. Mm-hmm. The past couple weeks, and I know, like, I've been a little bit more active the past couple weeks just because I've been having a rough time, so I've kind of popped in to just be like, send me pictures of your dogs or, like, tell me something nice that's happening. And it's nice because a lot of times people in there aren't just talking about asexuality or romanticism. They're just, like, talking about their lives. Oh, yeah. Oftentimes, the times when I I do get involved in the Discord, it's, like, some random-ass fucking topic. Yeah, and there's like, like I am interested. Just, yeah, people are just talking like in the past they we've had like karaoke nights. Like I think that's a very good example of like a small scale thing of like what we're talking about that we mm-hmm. want of like there is obviously a space to talk about a spec issues and to get advice and to like vent your feelings, but it's not just that. It's also just like we're all people and we also have these other interests and we're just going to talk about life. Yeah, and I and I I love that we have kind of created a little an online space for that, but I I also think we should have like in real life queer spaces that are that open to to aspec folks. I was just saying, I think that's just like the natural next step. I think so much of asexuality and aromanticism have been online, and maybe that just is the nature of like how small the community is and like how few people there are. But I think that is, like, the natural next step is, like, trying to push for more in-person connections and Mm -hmm. trying to push for, like, not having, like, I think it's amazing that there's so many groups that are, like, Irish asexuality or, like, I know Yale here has an asexual group. And those, I think, should always exist so people can, like, really find their people. But just Mm -hmm. to push for more, like, LGBT centers and Q center, queer centers to be inclusive so it's not a necessity to have those offshoot groups that it's just like an added perk yeah agree um what's our poll for this week oh jeebus 
I'm like sweating. I'm I'm like exhausted from that. <laughs> you did say you had an essay and you did. I did. Also, I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm it's 9 p.m. <laughs> it's 12 a.m. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know, Kayla. Um I we can just do a nice open-ended one, but Oh, I'm burping. It tastes like pesto. Um, I great. thought you. I thought you were gonna say that was the burping. Tastes like pesto? Question mark. Open. Question mark. Answer. Yes. I ate pesto earlier. Welcome everyone new. It's the burp cast. Um, <laughs> do you feel welcome in queer spaces as an aspect? Uh, you know you know what I would like to know? As an A-spec person, do you feel more comfortable in straight spaces or in queer spaces? I'll make a second one. I, I hope the answer is queer spaces. But for me personally, I don't know that it is. More safe? Not safe. Uh, well, what do you want me to write? Comfortable? Not mm, mm, mm. I guess safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, so that's our poll. Kayla, what's your beef and your juice this week? Uh, let's see. My juice is, do you know who Garrett Watts is? No. I. You probably do. Uh, he used to be on Vine. He's on YouTube. He's, like, friends with Shane Dawson and that whole group of people, whatever. He's very funny. Um, so he came out with a video this week where he tries to make a song in 24 hours because he's like, I'm a big music fan. I know I want to know what it takes to make a song. And he's also just like a very manic ADHD person. He reminds me of you. Mood. Um, <laughs> but so him and his friends who are like music producers and actually know what they're doing, make this like rap song in 24 hours. And it's about just being a baby. Um, and it's very ridiculous that the lyrics are so stupid, but it like actually slaps and is like a very good <laughs> song. And I, um, I'm gonna send you the video and make you watch it because it's okay. just a very funny, like silly, happy video. And then the song, like it's ridiculous, but it's actually very funny. And one of the guys is like a really good rapper. Um, <laughs> it's called, oh shoot. It's already like on charts too. It's called Now I'm a Baby. Um, and it's on Stream It Anywhere, and it's just so funny. Oh my god. It's just a good song. That's my juice. Um, my beef is that it's 12.03 a.m. and I'm not in my bed. Um, <laughs> and also that I bought my roller skates. If you follow me on Twitter, oh my you know my, the saga of my roller skates. But I haven't been able to roll on them because I haven't had time, and it's raining. So I just rolled back and forth through my apartment. Okay. I only fell once. Oh, happy for you. I uh, did capture the falling on video and I almost posted it because it was really funny, but then I decided it was too shameful and I deleted the video. You deleted the video? I know. Is it like fully gone or is it still in your like recently deleted? No, it was like an Instagram Oh video, my god, Kayla, so I want to see I, it so bad. <laughs> It was really funny, and I do regret deleting it. Because, like, you couldn't see my face or anything because I was recording my feet, but you can hear me. 
<laughs> it was. I do regret it. It was a very funny oh video. God. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, my beef. Um, I was gonna go off on a rant about Trump. Um, uh, I for my own sanity, I have to not do that right now. Um, please vote. Uh, please do whatever you can to get Trump out of office. We have to unite, unify or die fund. Uh, it's a great place to, if you have a couple extra dollars that left over after you've given to our Patreon, you know, unify or die fund. Uh, my juice is, um, and this shocks no one more than me. My juice is the album Lover by Taylor Swift. Why? I don't know. Oh, I've talked. I've talked about this on the pod before. I'm neither a stan nor a hater of Taylor Swift. Where I stand with her, where I stand on her, depends on the day. Um, my opinion of her has never been fixed. Um, it's sometimes she pisses me off. Sometimes I'm like, y'all are being dicks to her. Um, I know I'm late to the game, but Lover has some bops it's the kind of album at least for me that like the first time you listen to it you're like i don't care like i i don't hate any of this with a burning passion and some of it is quite cringy but also like nothing about this matters to me my opinion is that like i don't want to have an opinion on this but then the more you listen to it the more you realize that some of it is actually like really good and yeah there are aspects of it that are still really cringy but like it's an artistically impressive album i'm not saying taylor swift is the best singer in the world i don't think she is i'm just so sick of it because my boss is like the biggest taylor swift stan ever and so we never not hear about it that's fair i just miss why can't she go back to like teardrops on my guitar era i was thinking about her hair recently (laughs) okay um does she just like get like a brazilian blowout all the time because her hair is I naturally that so. curly, isn't it? But, well, but also if you look at like the album cover of Teardrops on My Guitar, they don't look like natural curls. They look like she That's got fair. curled. Also, have you heard the conspiracy theory about like why her first album did so well? No. I'm not saying any of this is true, but I do think it's interesting. So her first album came out and all of a sudden like really fast hit the charts, which was confusing because she was a nobody like why well, did that happen? Well, it's because he's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. That's why. So, well, but the conspiracy theory is, so her parents are very rich. And so there's mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory that her dad just went and bought thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of the album. And they're just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. And that's, that's how like, she hit the like, like the RNC did for Don Jr.'s book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Amazing. I'm not saying that's true or anything. I don't want Taylor Swift fans coming to me. Uh, but I do just think it's funny. Uh, okay. Uh, well, tell us about your beef, your juice. Um, don't tell us anything about Taylor Swift at Sounds I, like, Fake really Pod. don't. I hear too much. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, uh, at Sounds Fake Pod everywhere. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Sounds Fake Pod. Help if, us buy Ireland. Help us buy Ireland, and then after that, maybe give a couple dollars to the Unify or Die Fund. Just saying. No, but um, okay, yes, but then after that, give us more money, because my give next us more money. want is for us to a- adopt a cow. Sponsor a cow, yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> our patrons are five 
Yes, our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Rita Vinicota, Austin Lidge, Rufini, Perry Fierro, D, Megan Rowell, Quinn Pollock, Tim Collins, nope, Emily Collins, Tim, <laughs> Book Marvel, Changeling MX, Derek and Carissa, Simona Simon, Jamie Jack, and Drew Yangi. Our $10 patrons are Kevin and Tessa at Dirty Uncle Kevin at Tessa underscore M underscore K, Arkness, who'd like to promote the Trevor Project, Benjamin Abaro, who'd like to promote Tabletop Games, Anonymous, who'd like to promote Halloween, Sarah McCoy, who'd like to promote podcasts from a Planet Weird, my Aunt Jeannie, who would like to promote Christopher's Haven, and Cassandra, who would like to promote their modeling Instagram at Lido Red. Um, I was we have a new $10 patrons. Right. Oh, nice. Um, we have a new patron. That's a ten dollar patron, correct? Yeah. It's Doug. It's Doug, long time, very adamant Twitter supporter, Doug. You Doug. remember Doug from the huge campaign to get us to a thousand followers a while back? <laughs> Doug, uh, tell us what you want us to promote. Yeah, Doug isn't answering my messages, so we're publicly shaming Doug. And but this time, Doug is promoting us buying Ireland. Okay. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, NathanielJWaitDesigns.com, my mom Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs, Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere, Dia Chappelle, who would like to promote the podcast Love and Luck, and Dragonfly, who is going to promote uh, eating Girl Scout cookies during the podcast while Kayla is talking, but doing it secretly so no one knows. I didn't even realize. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't even know. That's really good. I, I just picked it spots where, like, it seemed like you were going on for a while. A lot of times I, like, itch while you're talking. Thanks for that I information. Think that might, <laughs> I think that might pick up when I'm itching my leg. I'm itching oh, right now. Tell me if you kay. can hear it. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Tune in, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, on the Ides of March, for more of us in your ears. Until then, take good care of your cows.